So there are more people than you think in the radio industry. We were just talking about this in the pre-show just a couple of minutes ago. There's a lot more people than you think. It's not just, I mean, you think about all the different markets, all the different people. Some people, uh, many are working multiple jobs uh, or what we used to call multiple jobs. Well, some of those jobs are now just one job and they they are working for the same company, but multiple jobs, or they're doing a side hustle. Whatever it is, it works for now. Today's guest is on the air at KYGO in Denver. But listen to this. He has been the regional brand manager and afternoon host for Odyssey's KSFM in Sacramento and KQKS in Denver, among others. He knows the ins and outs of radio right now. And that's a great uh, person for us to talk to on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. Are you ready? Well, listen, to enjoy any of our episodes, you only really need to be interested in others and grab some thoughts and maybe some wisdom about how others are being successful in the radio business right now. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing stories of an amazing radio pro, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. Sounds like a tough bill, right? We got it tonight, I promise. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Listen, our difference is that we help treat your entire business. Listen to this, programming and sales. We are branding specialists who help our clients fully develop the right position for their brand or brands in their local market to collect the most revenue. We coach local morning shows and other talents, design and execute station architecture, provide weekly music updates, and even produce daily music logs. Listen to this. We provide excellent voice trackers if you need them, sales and promotional ideas that move the revenue needle, and a lot more. It's unlikely you've worked with someone like RPC because we treat the whole business. We're confidential, market exclusive for radio. We focus on helping our clients generate more revenue. Do you have a problem that gets in the way of that next level of ratings or next level of revenue? Reach out anytime confidentially, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. Listen, we're only about a minute, maybe less, from talking with Michael Berman, who is on the air at KYGO, one of the great country stations in America. And really, you can go further than that, one of the great radio stations in America. You can see our full guest calendar all the way into March 2023 on our free blog section at rainmakerpathway.com anytime. We do not lock away anything on our site the way some consultants do. That's because we believe in the theory of abundance. Call me and ask me, but I'd be glad to share with you what that theory is all about. So go to rainmakerpathway.com anytime. See what you can get for free from our team. Michael. Welcome to the Encouragers and the Radio Rally. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm excited to be able to share these moments with you and and talk about a place that you spend so much time and another place that you spend other time. And oh my, 
The first I'm, thing I'm excited to talk yeah. to you. I, as I, as, as I told you, I I've sent uh, your episode with uh, Guy Zapoli and so to so many programmers. Cause I mean, it's just, it was such a, a, a great listen. And when you hit me up, uh, invited me on, I was excited to be a part of it. Listen, we, we got really excited about having Guy Zapolian on and that episode is worth going back in our archive and looking at and listening to uh, because it has so much packed inside it. And he's such a genius when it comes to music selection and managing music libraries. It's really cool. But I, look, today, it's all about you. First thing I see about you is that, look, you've attended Metropolitan State University of Denver, Community College of Denver. You've studied in the areas of, get this, political science and government and business administration and management. Uh, that don't sound like radio. What was your goal with education? <laughs> well, you know, I, I started radio when I was in high school. So I was already in radio. And so when I graduated back in to uh, many, many moons ago, um, yeah. you know, I took a break. It was just focusing on radio. And, and I, I took the, you know, the, the five, six year associates degree plan where yeah, just of a course. couple of classes here and there. And um, I was initially always doing business, but somehow my college, they, they, they sent a letter saying, we're actually going to say some classes didn't count and uh no and you have to take extra math classes and to me math i i just cannot stand math <laughs> like i i was like i finished college algebra first so i never had to do it again they were gonna do it so i was like what can i take so i can get my degree on time or what can i change my uh, direction to they said political science because a lot of the uh, classes that I, I i am a political nut i had a lot of humanities and um classes oh. in that that realm so switched it to political science but then when i went on um, to continue working on my business, my on my bachelor's, I moved focus back to business management. All right. So you already have identified that you're in my tribe and I'm a fan of yours already because you and I have a commonality of passion about math. <laughs> so let's start here. Tell us about 950 The Fan. 950 the fan is I mean that's how I that, that's what got my foot in the door that's what got me the key card um I was an intern at KQKS the uh, rhythmic station here in Denver Colorado and um they had a overnight position running the board uh for sports byline and I was 16 years old it was summer of 2001 and that's what got me in the door um Tim Spence here at the fan um uh brought me in and started doing that and I started working um, the Avalanche, Colorado Avalanche and Denver Nuggets boards. And like, honestly, I would recommend anybody that's trying to get into radio, even music should have to work at a sports station first because oh, the passion, right? Well, well, the passion and it just made my board work so much tighter. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, to this day, I mean, there, there's so much automation sometimes now. And sometimes like a lot of boards are just set, like all you have to do is hit a next button. But working at a sports station, like having to do four or five things at one time while cutting up audio, while listening to make sure like, you know, that the, 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 the play by play is on. And, and at the same time, you know, having three or four pods going like it just makes it made me a, a better, I think, uh, radio employee overall even like even if you know like even this week i was helping with our uh, stock show and rodeo here at kygo and it, it, it was tight and it was seamless and i and i associate a lot of that with when i was working at the fan many moons ago well and look you have that background and and there are certain things that come along with that passion is one how tight things should be is another you know just just the sound of it right 
And I, I imagine that's a great entry into radio. Listen, you, you, your background, if I'm reading this right, you went from producer all the way to production director. How did that transition happen for you? Did I misunderstand that connection? Um, it, 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 I'm sure the way the, the LinkedIn page is there it can kind of like jump like it, it, it was it was about seven or eight years in where I became production director. And that was for uh, Lincoln Financial Media. And this was back uh, kind of during the one of the you know early recessions. I believe it was 2007 when, you know, radio had a, a round of layoffs and they ended up um, letting go of our pr production director here in the building, Tom Green, who's over at V Creative now. And he's just he's an amazing he's amazing at what mm. he does. And I, th and, I, and I think what happened was they kind of forgot that. You know, or I don't think they fully appreciated how much work goes into you know commercial production and how how many commercials there are, and I think they quickly realized they were missing a hole, and it and it really ended up being a savior to me because, like I said, it was it was um, during the recession, and at the time, I was doing overnights on KQKS, and there, you know what, even then, overnight air talent was not normal. And I think, and so my boss at the time, Johnny Cage, I think he like realized I was in a very vulnerable position. And so he really pushed to um, get me in during the day. And I think it probably saved me at that time because I was in every day, I was doing production, doing commercials. And, you know, I, I always look back at that. And, you know, when I, when, when I was a brand manager and, you know, kind of going through those tough moments of budgets and all that, like realizing that somebody fought for me. And so I always fought for my people. And I always look back at that. And Huge. so it's 100%. And so it, it was great. And, you know, it was a lot of work, but it was it was very fun. So if you're listening along as we talk to Michael Berman and, and he is telling us about his experience in radio, I want you to notice already that we have two moments. The moment that he entered the business where he's working at a sports station, he's the board op. And now this moment where someone has fought for him and he's doing overnights and he's doing production and all these things and, and how incredible his attitude is in both of those situations. Now, Michael, you pop up on the air at KS1075 and were there for over 17 years. I talked to a lot of people who talk about living in Colorado. What is the attraction to Denver? You know, Denver is one of those cities that uh, anybody who moves here never leaves. And anybody who leaves is back very quickly. I'm one of the exceptions. I'm, I managed to get away for four years. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm sitting here right now during this interview looking out. The sun is setting right now over the mountains. It's beautiful. The sky is pink and blue. And, um, you know, for a city that has snow and can be cold, it will also be 60, 70 degrees the next day and melt. Um, mm. we've got, you know, uh, some, ama you know, some amazing sports teams. We got number one, we have all the sports teams. So, you know, whether it's football, basketball, soccer, we have all that, you know, shout out to the Denver Nuggets who are killing it right now. Broncos, we won't talk about. Um, but, uh, we have that, we have outdoors, we have a great nightlife, a downtown, uh, and, you know, a quick drive away. You can be in some great college towns here with Fort Collins and Boulder. So, um it's just it's just a really great city great people it's very diverse and you know this is home for me i've been here my entire life other than you know the four years in sacramento and um, i'll always consider it home and it's just I, it's like once anybody that visits here usually very quickly realizes like this is a really great place well you know i i wanted to say that a lot of people probably think of you as denver and certainly you can make that argument for your love and support of that radio market 
but you also have overseen Hartford, Wichita, and other markets. What did you like about the role of overseeing other markets other than your own? Yeah, when I got the opportunity to to be regional brand manager with Odyssey, I mean, it was it was really good because um, all the stations that I had been a part of, you know, overseeing were local. Um, and I also got to get KQKS back um, to be able to look at that again. And so, you know, mm -hmm. with Wichita and Kansas, so uh, when Odyssey did it, it was kind of a dual role thing. So there was always two uh, regional brand managers. So I got to work with DJ Buck, who's in Hartford. So in large part, I was in Sacramento. I was looking at KSFM. He was in Hartford. He was he was watching uh, his station. And then um, in uh, Wichita, Greg Williams is there and he was doing great. So, you know, I didn't necessarily get too in the nitty gritty for uh, Wichita and Hartford. Um, but other than like some of the bigger picture corporate things, corporate contesting, corporate initiatives, just making sure all those ran smooth. But with uh, being able to look at KQKS in Denver, um, which was obviously my home station, um, being able to you know, I, I like to figure things out. And so tr figuring out how to remotely, you know, handle a staff, uh, work on music uh, while overseeing the other brands. So, I, I mean, I enjoyed it just because I just got I love the opportunity to work with other programmers, work with other staffs and and at that time uh, to be able to work with you know KQKS again and still, you know, have KSFM in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, in our business, there's a lot of talk always about this kind of revenue and that kind of revenue. So whether it's digital revenue or or something related to an event that you made up and did or something like that, you've been very involved with Summer Jams in Denver and Hella Summer in Sacramento. Tell me about those events and why you like radio to engage fans at a passion high level like that. Oh, those those are amazing. I mean, it's it it was it's a very fortunate thing. Like Summer Jam was really built up with Cat Collins and uh, Johnny Cage before me, and our great partners over at Phoenix Music Group, and it just it it was it was built into such a big thing. And so when I had my first opportunity, I believe it was 2015, where I got to book Summer Jam. Uh, like, there's nothing like building that from scratch, uh, building a show, and then seeing 18,000 people you know, singing us every single artist song word for word. And, you know, I, you know, nowadays, you know, sometimes, you know, there's not as many events and, you know, coming out of the, the COVID era, that's, uh, you know, st stations are getting back to it. And, and, and I'm seeing that and I see that light in the horizon, but, you know, things definitely quieted down for a second, but man, there's you know, my last summer jam. I booked the last one here in Denver, actually the one that would just happen in uh, June, July. And, you know, just seeing that crowd, there's there's nothing like it. There's such a a dose of adrenaline, and um, you know, it's it, it it just feels awesome to build it. It feels awesome to get it out on stage, and then you know, just see the reaction from the crowd is uh, well, th that, look, that's an just, adrenaline hit. I love it. Yeah. Just a side note: you cannot keep Americans at home. You cannot yep. do that. So that whole thing is going to continue. There's no question. You have a funky part of your resume that I am actually pretty thrilled to talk to anybody who's done this. Let's talk about comedy because <laughs> on your resume is a full-time on-air position as part of Comedy 1031. What kind of interaction would you get from listeners about comedy? That station was a blast. Um, you know, many moons ago, we had an open translator signal um, when we were looking at financial media and uh, our GM, Bob Call, um, and my previous uh, program director, Johnny K, 
stage. They, they came up with uh, the, the concept of bringing in comedy. And a lot of stations had done this and sort of just did a station in the box, put in the closet. We have such a great comedy scene here. We worked with Comedy Works to really localize it. And I kind of really took the reins and from the the like kind of the locality programming side, bringing, you know, scheduling comedians to come in. And every single week, it'd be a Was that hard? Was that not hard? A, not, not really, because the, the comedians were already here and uh, Comedy Works would be the one bringing them in. And so, and, and they loved the publicity. And the thing, and what's crazy is, you know, in, in you know, me and hip hop, like it, it's harder and harder to book shows. And, 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 you know, sometimes it's, these comedians want to be out, maybe not at, you know, early in the morning, talking to morning shows necessarily yeah. every week, but, but they love to be out and they remember you. And it doesn't matter, if it, like, if it's Bob Saget, who was so amazing, or Angela Johnson, Joy Cole, like they remembered you and and they're excited to talk to you. And then from a listener perspective, you know, we we did a lot of cool events, like some free comedy nights and people just love the station. And like I said, we were on a translator. We could we could barely bleed through building walls. And mm. at, at our peak, we got it up to number two, men, 1834, Man. which. All right. Like, now, I, now, you know, I'm going to ask this. You met a lot of comedy stars because of Comedy 103.1. Who are some of the people that really stood out to you as human? Not uh, well, necessarily got, like, just comedians. Well, like I mentioned, Bob Saget, uh, man, you know, I getting to meet, you know, celebrities and artists, like, I mean, you can get a little uh, jaded in the sense of like, not necessarily have the personal connection. Like, and so when, when, celebrities or artists pass away you know my like mm. i was at my mom was in the hospital and i was there it was almost a year ago to the day and i my mm. phone bleeped and it said bob saget passed away and that i mean i had to walk out like i was kind of in like almost near tears because he was such a good guy and uh like he like the first show like i would always tell uh comedy works he's my favorite comedian so i would tell him he's my favorite comedian he's like no there's no way and i'm like tell them and, and the first show i went to i was in the front row and so we we had did a phone interview a few days before so he hadn't met me yet and so he he just kind of zoned in and saw me in the front row didn't know who i was and kind of roasted me for an hour in the best possible way and oh. afterward afterwards they introduced me they're like oh my god you're big mike i'm so sorry i'm like what are you saying <laughs> what are you saying sorry for this is the best day of my life and i'm like every year after he remembered me and so when he passed away, I mean, that that hit me hard. I was like, that he was such a good guy. Um, you know, and it, it's so amazing. You don't really learn about people like that until they pass. Most people don't. And everything you heard about that guy was so tremendous. It's like, oh, no, there's another side of him. And it's always he's like a mensch, right? 100%. And it's and, yeah. and it's a guy that so many people grow up with. I mean, I was a kid when Full House was out and, you know, and the, the, the biggest funny of it all is just that his onstage show is so dirty. So anybody, yes. anybody yes. who goes expecting to see Danny Tanner didn't get Danny Tanner. But they by the end of the show, they might have been cringing a few times, but they were definitely laughing and uh, definitely going to be missing seeing him because I mean, he, he would hit the road every year. So that was definitely a hard one. But the, the thing about Comedy 103, one of the comedians was there's so many, Joe Coy, Angela Johnson, Sinbad, oh. like yeah, who's who? And like, they're just all so cool. Like, you know, people would always say like, who's, you know, on the, especially on the hip hop side, who was, who was a tough interviewer, who was tough? And there, there's some names you can name, but in comedy, I can't think of very many, if at all. Like they were all just really cool people. Very cool. All right, listen, you of all people, you know that comedy does seem like a significant passion for people. 
look, you you became the program director of Comedy 1031 in late 2015. How is a comedy station different from uh different than the experience most of us have, I guess? Yeah, you know, it was unique in the sense of, you know, if you have a traditional like it's it's not a music station obviously but it's not even though it's talk it's not a talk station um and it's comedy but it's you know it's not you know some people will listen to like satellite radio to the the you know the 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 non-edited bits um you know like i said for a large part it was called today's comedy and so a lot of it was in the box in terms of the content you know the thing i did was obviously we would localize it um with some local comedy bits we would localize it in the sense that we'd have a lot of local imaging with the comedians on it but also wait that's just creativity so what you did i mean you had to be recognized by the company they had to go oh my god this guy is making this a next level comedy station and is that how you became the programmer uh, yeah, I mean, for Comedy 1031, for sure. It was uh, it was a very unique station. And, you know, my program director prior to me, Johnny Cage, uh, he was one of the people who started. One thing that he did is he really, like, I mean, it was the biggest terrestrial radio station Facebook page in the country, 5.7 million followers. And I think, wow. you know, that kind of got the guy on the map. Now, you know, in terms of the radio side and, and, and the, and the like, kind of the success on air, the thing I hang my hat on is, that um, we got to number two, like I said, like it, it was a station that I think nobody expected to be top 10. And I think that the, like some of the things I just mentioned, you mentioned like the creative side, the, the, the localizing it, the being out in the, the being like at comedy works, getting out and touching hands and, and meeting people. I think it just really resonated with people and it made people like people want to laugh. And, and you know, like it's sometimes you, you know, you're like, you know what? I don't want to listen to music right now. I don't want to hear any politics or sports. I just want to laugh. And I think people, that's what really resonated. People want to connect. People want to be heard. People want to laugh. And people want to feel better. You know, I'm not saying better than worse or whatever. They want to feel better. And I think 100%. that's a lot of times what they turn to us for. I, look, let's turn serious for a minute. Uh, and you'll know I'm serious by this question. What do you like more, being on air or programming? Ooh. Yeah, right. You know, that's a tough one. You know, it, it's interesting, and I'll, and I'll, I'll close it to say why I like the on-air part, but I would say probably now programming only because, you know, as I mentioned, you know, people that had my back, I like help. I like working with people and, and helping them get better. And, and I mean, I, on the program, I also love, you know, like, mm. I, I'm, I'm a numbers nut. I love looking at research. I love looking at ratings. But, you know, watching you know, former music director of mine becoming APD, watching a, a mix show host who was, or a DJ become the number one rated night show host um, that I worked with there, or watching, you know, a, a morning a morning show go from 10th place to number one and beating the, the morning show that nobody thought they could beat, you know, or, you know, and even small things like how I had an employee that had a tough time uh, in their family and, and helping them just get through that, through a tough time. So it's, it's I like such that. A- yeah, it's such a big deal. And and I can tell that you and I have a kinship in the fact that we love to see people do well and we love to help encourage those people and move them into uh, positions where they can do stronger, better, more, you know. 
I, I once had the experience where I programmed a radio station and afterwards, every single person on the staff, and I mean this, including part-timers, every one of them became a program director somewhere. That's just like, that was an explosive thing to see happen, you know. Uh, what do you think the the dynamic key is today for being a valuable on-air talent? Because you and I, we work with talent all the time. I think that at the end of the day, like, I mean, you know, technologies will change and all that. I, th I think today, I mean, obviously you have to have your finger on the pulse. I mean, it, it, and sometimes there's differences in formats, you know, like a classic rock versus a, a, a rhythmic top 40. But, you know, I think, you know, having your finger on the pulse of your audience in any way you can. So obviously starts with on air, you know, having a show, having the dynamic and being out, you know, finding the opportunities to be out with people. Like even, even with my station, when, uh, you know, because California was like a little more shut down than most during COVID. And so it was a little slow to get to promotions. I, I would still myself, I'm like, I'm going to go to events and meet people uh, no matter what. And then on the and social what was, media. Wait, right? what, was, what was that like when you were meeting people when that was going on? You know, it, it, it's, it, it was like a baby. It was baby steps. You know, it's yeah. kind of figuring out. It's sort of like when you meet somebody, it's like, do I fist bump them or do, do I give them a handshake? Do they even want to touch me at all? You know, there was, there was some weird times there where it's like, I think people were just trying to figure it out. They didn't know what anything was. And so, when, you know, I remember like the first time I went to like a, a, a Sacramento Kings game and it's you know, oh. at the time you, you still had to wear a mask. And it's like, OK, if you if you take your mask off too long and sip your soda too long, security is going to come yell at you. And so it's like, OK, do you want to talk to somebody too long? And so. You know, it, it was weird, but I mean, you know, I think people were just figuring it out. And well, um, do you you feel like in those situations that you were going, is it safe? Yep. <laughs> Am I safe? You know, it was, oh man, it was some scary times. You know, and and I know a lot of people that were you know uh, hit really hard uh, during that, so I get it. And it's wow. uh, I'm definitely happy that you know now it seems like I mean we you know, we had I went to uh, you know uh, several Broncos games this year, and it just felt good to be out in the crowd. And oh um, man. You know, here at KYGO for the last two weeks, we've had our National Western Stock Show on the rodeo. And I mean, it's hundreds of thousands of people and it's just fun. It's it's just good to be out with the people again and seeing people and them being, ex you know, being excited for the station. Like, oh, my God, KYGO is here and then being excited about it and running up and you see the smiles. And I've missed that. And it, like these last two weeks has been such a breath of fresh air after, you know, a little bit of a break. So it's been really cool. You know, uh, look, you have such a positive attitude and and this whole interview, just talking to you, like everything you said is a positive spin on X, Y, Z, every single thing in our business and in life. It can be helpful to have mentors. I'm curious about you. Do you have a mentor? And if you do, can you share maybe a story or one way that they've changed your life? You know, uh, one that's easy, uh, his name's Tony V. Tony V's the guy that got me in. He was, uh, I technically had an internship before, but it was very quick lived. And so when I turned 16, was able to do it. He was doing overnights at KQKS and he got me in uh, as an intern. Um, my 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 teachers at my high school lied and said I'd get college credit and signed the piece of paper. <laughs> um, and um, to this day, what's funny, I mean, it's a full circle moment because he went on to become, he was late nights, he moved to middays, afternoons and mornings. And so my last run as regional brand manager, I got to be his brand manager. And oh, wow. uh, it, it's, it's so full circle in that, I, not just that I got to be his brand manager, but I like I feel like I got to, share the knowledge of 
things that I've learned in programming over the last 20 years to make him a better on-air personality. And, 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 and not wait, only because what was that like? You know, at first I was a little, oh, well, you know, at first I was a little nervous because I was like, would he take it seriously? You know, because right. it's like, you know, here's a guy that came up under me and, 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 you know, and I was, you know, we've been tight this entire time. It's not like we never have, but it was, mm-hmm. it's just a testament to him because he's such a good guy that you know what he you could tell that he took it all to heart like he like if, if i would give him like an idea on a, of how to make a break better or a segment he'd do it and he'd do it with a smile on his face and he'd be like let's go because he, he just wants to win and uh and and just seeing his growth and it it, it meant a lot and it felt good because like i said this is a mentor to me he's you know he's like my little bit he's like my he's my little bigger brother and he's still here in denver colorado he's a different station now but he's still like just he's the thing about him is we talk about positivity. He's the definition of positivity. So he's the reason I got in Uh, from the programming side. I would say that uh, Kat Collins and Johnny Cage, my former PDs at KGS were huge influences in my life. I mentioned obviously that kind of how Cage would always look out for me during tough times. And then I'd say the the most current one I would say is uh, Vince Richards, who's uh, currently the director of a rock programming at Odyssey. He's back in Dallas. He's the guy who hired me in Sacramento and wow. he's the guy that, you know, took a chance on me, even though I was a brand manager for comedy, even though I was APD at KKS, like he's the guy that said, you're ready to be a music programmer, brought me to Sacramento, took a chance on me. And, um, and, and not only that, but for, for a guy at this time who had been doing this for 18 years, took time to teach me his, his lessons. He taught, he taught me ways to, to, to look at call out differently. And, and, mm. those, and not only that, but like, I would see those changes pay dividends and yeah. so that was awesome because it's you know it's it's you can sit here and think you know I, I don't ever want to feel like i feel like i know it all like i don't want to think that way but i could see you know when when somebody else teaching me something and he's like you know when don't worry about the burn being at 30 wait till it's 40 or 50 or you know just any 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 kind of way of looking at something differently and uh, he really helped out a lot and he's definitely somebody i consider a, a mentor and a great friend Dude, I'm a big fan of different perspectives for people. I, I talk to clients and and other people in the radio business about what I call alternative universes, which is like, okay, I'm going to suggest an alternative universe, which is really a free pass way of letting you look at what some other decisions might look like and what they might result in. And there's no pressure to try it. There's no pressure to anything. You just look at it. So I definitely can see that. You talk about this guy and that guy being a really nice guy. I'm going to talk about you doing that. I see that you volunteered with Denver Health and Transportation. How'd that happen? Well, I hope this doesn't make you think of me any less as a nice guy. It was actually to get paid. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> my, my, my mom was the director of nursing at Denver Health. And this, so this was in 2000. So I was just, a, I was 14 years old, 13, 14. And so I wasn't Can you do old that enough. job at 14. So, well, I saw, so I wasn't old enough to get a job and I, and it was I summertime see. and it was, and so I wanted to do something. So she was like uh volunteer here at the hospital and transportation or, you know, anywhere. And um she, I think she gave me like, like five dollars an hour or something <laughs> to, to, to oh do my that gosh. so well listen did you learn things in that job oh yeah i mean it, God, it, i mean this was it's crazy that you mentioned it because i mean it's like it seems like such a lifetime ago but right you know, it, it, in, in all in all respects it was my first job so it 
you know, taught me to be in places on time and, and, and that job. So what transportation means is it's not like driving vehicles. It means you're transporting patients from one place to another. So I'm dealing with different people and different personalities. And so this was Denver health. It's a city hospital. I was transporting uh, like inmates who were in, in handcuffs from one part of a facility here. Like, so you're talking to all these different personalities, different uh, lifestyles. So I'd say in a sense it got me, cause you know, I probably, you know, stepping into radio where you meet so many different people and listeners, like maybe made me a little more comfortable communicating with people. I don't know, fresh, like just, you know, a, a conversation on the fly. Um, Plus it had to make you really responsible. First, your mom got you involved. And second, you know, when you're transporting patients, you got to be pretty responsible or you get fired. hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's, uh, it was, it was definitely a, a good introduction in the workforce and a good, good thing. And I would love to say that it was a hundred percent volunteering out of the goodness of my soul, but I've, 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 I've I try to volunteer at other aspects of my life, but uh, no, that was, uh, that was really cool though. But it was, like I said, kind of my first introduction into the workplace. So now I get to use these funky words together after and before Denver, you were the brand manager and PM host for 102.5 KSFM in Sacramento. How did Sacramento compare to Denver? And what was that job like for you? You know, Sacramento, um, other, you know, it's, it's a smaller market, but I would say, you know, demographically it was very similar. Um, you know, in terms of the city, you know, there's a little like different nightlife and sports and all that. But it was a really cool city and I had a great time there in those four years. But for, for, in terms of the station and the job, like this was the first time I got to run the station as the brand manager, uh, the music station. And it was a format I cared a lot about. It's, it's a heritage you know, set of call letters that have some amazing programmers over the years who have worked there. And um, when I got there, it was, uh, it was struggling. It was, uh, you know, struggling. They just uh, hired, it wasn't just me, but they hired a whole new staff. So it, it was not just learning, you know, the station, but you know, having a whole new group of uh, employees, Mia, DJ Squints and uh, Sushi. And, and, and so we had a whole new team and to go in and figure out, okay, what is broken? What needs to be fixed? What can we do? And in six months, we were able to get it to, to number two persons, 1834. It was like the yeah. first time in over a year. And, uh, and, and the years prior was, it was just, it was cool to like, I look at it like, you know, fixing a puzzle or putting a puzzle together, like figuring out what's missing. And I had a great team with, you know, like I said, I mentioned Vince Richard as, as my OM and, um, Stacy Kaufman as my market manager. And so we had a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of puzzles there, great sales team. And, and, and the, the one thing that was really cool, another thing that was cool about that is, you know, you know, KQKS where I was at was a rhythmic station. KSFM was a rhythmic station. I was really concerned with being typecast as a rhythm programmer, meaning it's the only thing oh, I could do. But yeah. the good thing is, so KUDL, the top 40 there, uh, 106.5, the end, when I when we got there, like it was the powerhouse. And um, a couple of years in, what, what ended up happening is they gave me the reins and gave me the opportunity to run KUDL top 40. And um, same thing, within six months, we got that thing number one. And it, it was just cool to jump out of the rhythm lane and show mm. that I could, I could do a different format and, and well, try first, something think, new. Yeah. Look, I think that's really important. Every part of your story in this interview has been about growth, 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 and attitude, your positive attitude 
or bracing experiences and learning new things, I want you to give a shout out to the guy that took that chance and said, oh, yeah, he's at this comedy station. I'm going to put him in the station over here in Sacramento and give him like the full, you know, you get your full programming stripes in music. Who was that guy? Again, that was Vince Richards. And the reason I wanted you to shout him out again is because we're encouragers here on the radio rally. And one of the things we like to encourage is that radio doesn't take enough measured risk. You know, everybody likes to talk about innovation. That taking of a risk thing is really important. And I feel like that needs a, just a little bit of drop down and let's take a look at that, you know, just to make sure that people understand that it's okay to take a risk with people. You ended up in what position, 1834, please? Uh, for KSFM, we, we made it all the way to number one. That's what I needed to hear. So now I get to ask you the hardest question that we ask anybody, and it's because we know in our heart that nobody knows the future. But finally, I'm going to ask you your version. So how do you see the future of the radio business, Michael? You know, I I'm, I feel the future still bright. You know, I, you know, we, we were formerly, I mentioned Lincoln Financial Media. Right. And I remember when we were uh, not so much bought out. I mean, it was sort of bought out. But I remember one of the first things the new company said was that was that was a bank. That was a financial business. It, it wasn't radio. Now you're in the radio business. And it sounded cool on paper, but I, I think that, you know, some companies, as long as they don't lose lose focus, because by all means, look, we're, you're, you're going to invest in podcasting, you're going to invest in digital, you're going to invest in, in video, which is huge. But I think as long as you don't forget, and, and I know, I already know, several don't, you don't forget radio. You don't That's forget right. what radio should be. You don't forget the, the 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 impact you can have an audience, whether it's you know KYGO uh, raising hundreds of thousands of dollars for St. Jude, whether and so many country, uh, so many stations across the country doing such a, doing. You know, when I went to Sacramento, we didn't have a, a Thanksgiving food drive. We did one every year and raised thousands and thousands of food donations for the Sacramento. And food it's Bank. powerful doing these things, right? You feel that, and Spotify can't do that. And and, and, right. and and all these can't do that. It's like, don't lose focus on radio. And I, and I think, you know, it, look, th this is a weird time. It's not just the direction radio is going. The pandemic did a lot of crazy stuff and, right. it, and, and it really hit hard. And, you know, look, we're going into, you know, there's so much talk about recession. So I know that, uh, you know, there's all these weird things there that can kind of put a speed bump into what maybe people's goals are. But I'll say if, as long as you don't forget what radio is, the power of radio, the power of broadcasters, the power of on-air personalities, the power of brands and stations. And, and, and I think that radio is going to be just fine. And, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're going to have a lot more competition, you know, as the audience is the, is the younger audience who may not have been the audience that had a meter grows up. What are you doing to, to retain them? What are you doing to bring them back? There's a lot of those questions there, but I think, the right people, and, and there's there's a lot of right people out there who who love radio and want it to work. I think the future is bright. It's just don't lose focus on that. Don't lose focus on what radio is. I feel like all my work is done here. You doing all that encouragement about don't forget about radio because <laughs> you know there's look there's so much turn toward audio and the people that might miss it if we're not careful are the radio people. 
mm-hmm. right? It's like we are those people that should be telling our story and and talking about the creativity and and how we can shape and move behavior and have active audiences. And Michael, I I just want to thank you for spending this time and being our guest today. It's been great. No, thank you. It's great talking to you. It's great. You know, we, we were talking before and it's it, radio is a small, big world. It, it's big that by is, many right. fronts, but there's so much intertwined. Everybody knows each other. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, everybody, whether it's on-air personalities, whether it's brand managers, whether it's SVPs, CEOs, production people, sales, everybody wants this business to work. Everybody wants this business to thrive, this, this world. And, and, and I think it's going to be great. And, you know, people like you who, you know, who talk, get to talk with people like us all around and people like in your position, like it, we're all working for the same goal. And it's awesome to have a chance to talk to you and, and, you know, kind of hear your stories on your other episodes as well. Thank you so much. Listen, get more free resources to help your sellers that speaking of might be going into a recession, might not, whatever, bring it, okay? You can get more help and more free resources for your sellers with our Encouraging Sales Success Series inside the free blog at RainmakerPathway.com anytime. We're here to encourage radio pros at all levels. Subscribe anytime to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. Listen to our episodes in our large and growing archive. We have almost a hundred episodes now. We'll be we'll we'll hit that mark here in just a few episodes. And our new episodes each week, they usually drop on Mondays. I guarantee you, uh, you will be encouraged. You will learn unexpected and valuable things because of the value that comes from each episode. I know this because of our guest. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to be a guest, you'd like to hear them as a guest on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, email me. Pretty simple. F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a great week. We say this all the time at Rainmaker Pathway, and we certainly say it on the Radio Rally. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. If you have any question what I mean by that, reach out and call me. It's easy. It's on our website. You can find our number. We want to thank our special guest for this event and podcast episode, Michael Berman, who is a great programmer and just happens to be hanging out at KYGO in Denver, one of America's great radio stations. want to thank you for being a patient and giving guest. Our very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be available in minutes from the time that we finish this conversation. And thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio and radio. And of course, they can subscribe for free on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. Remember this, if you don't remember anything else from this episode, please be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers, and good night.